0: Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning in to the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Well, it's great to see you guys. I want to welcome you again to Blue Ridge Church. Welcome to our online campus. And listen, if this is your first time tuning in with us or being here, we're in a series right now called Pray. And what we're doing in this series is, is simply learning more about prayer, really how to take our prayer to another level. Uh, We're discovering that prayer is important in our life. You know, we need to pray consistently and regularly because it impacts our relationship with the Lord. And I know not everybody has a relationship with Christ yet, but what I want to kind of get you to see through this series is that we have a God that not only hears us and listens to us, but he's available to us anytime, and he will respond to us. So if you are with us last week, we talked about how God really doesn't want us to worry about anything. Instead, he wants us to pray, right? And he wants us to tell him what we need, and then we're to thank him for everything that he's done. And if we'll do that, then we can truly have peace in our life because we're not worrying about all these things that we constantly try to control. And then we ended last week talking about how we have to focus on the most excellent things. We have to focus on the truth and not the lies around us all the time. Again, that's going to bring us peace. Now, next week, we're not having services here at the church, so don't come to the church, but we're meeting at Bissett Park At 11 o'clock, we're having a celebration Sunday where we'll do baptism, child dedication, and then the church is providing the meal. So all we need to know, if you're not traveling, you're not out of town, and you're going to join us next week for service, just RSVP and let us know that so that we can have enough hot dogs, hamburgers, chips. I think there's going to be an ice cream truck, but that's 11 o'clock at Bissett Park next Sunday. And If you're traveling, man, have a great Memorial Day weekend. So today, here's what I want to do. I want to look at those prayers that are beyond our control, those prayers that if God doesn't come through, then nothing's going to happen in our life. Now, when you think about some of our prayers, we you know, we can pray for things, you know, like compassion, or we can pray for love, or we can pray that we do a good job on, you know, at work or on a school assignment, whatever, a lot of those things we pray for, if we were honest, we can do a lot of those, right? If God doesn't show up, we can be loving for a couple days, right? We can be kind to people in our office, or we can do a good job at work by preparing ahead of time for whatever assignment or project that we have. What I'm talking about today is those things that we really need a miracle that if God doesn't come through, that if God doesn't answer, then we're not going to progress or something's going to be worse in our life. So as we focus today, I want you to think about those, the the miraculous prayers where we need a breakthrough, we need God to do something uh, supernatural, really, in our life. And I think what we're going to discover is our faith, our personal faith is key to our prayer life. Our faith that God can answer us and our faith that God will answer us is going to be key. So faith is a huge part of our prayer journey. And that's kind of where I want you to focus today. And Jesus said it like this in Mark eleven twenty four. And all the verses we use, all the learnings, they're on that Church Center app. If you haven't downloaded that, I want to encourage you to do that. Or If you're in the auditorium, if you scan that QR code, it has a link within that that you can download that app. But Mark 11 says, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. If you believe it, you've received it, it's yours. What's that called? That's called faith. In other words, we believe something before we actually see it. And that's kind of like in prayer, thanking God ahead of time before He's done anything for us, right? Thanking Him in advance for what it is He's going to do for us. Now, last week we talked about thanking in gratitude. That's after we've already received it. That's for the things God's done. You know, we thank Him in gratitude. This is about thanking God on the front end, which seems kind of strange, for what he's going to do in our life. That's the faith element. We thank God for what he's gonna do. So if God's gonna move in our life, if, if we're gonna get that blessing or that that miracle or that breakthrough, that we can't do anything on our own to achieve, we have to have faith. That's uh, what we do when we keep praying over and over for something. And then we wait in faith God's timing. We wait for God to respond. In faith, we truly believe, hey, God's going to answer me here. He's going to answer this in my life. It may not be what we want. It may not be when we want it, but we know he hears us. He knows our heart, and we know eventually he's going to answer us. That's that persistence in prayer that we kind of touched on week one, and it's not like we're wearing God down right? Oh, God, please, please, please. It's more like, hey, God, you promised in your word this, and I'm asking you for this. Thank you in advance for answering my prayers. I'll give you an example. Before we started the church, before we knew where we were going to meet, we were praying for that place, and we were already thanking God for that place. We didn't know it was going to be in the middle school, Right, but we thank, we were thanking God in prayer, God, thank you for the place that we're going to be able to meet every Sunday. Thank you you know that you're going to provide this. We didn't know where we were going to meet, and really until about two weeks before we had our first service, and you know sometimes God waits till the very end, but He came through, but we thanked Him in advance for that, and then when we were in the middle school and, and we were out of space and we needed to find another facility, we were praying for this place. That we're in right now before we even knew it was this place we had a lot of people in the church that were praying in faith that god was going to provide as a matter of fact i prayed for you before you ever came to this church i prayed for people that didn't have any clue they were going to come to this church because i knew what god had called me to do and i thanked him for in advance that's praying in faith god thank you for the people That you're going to send to do your work that you've called to do in in the New River Valley. Thank you for the people that are going to minister to others, and thank you for the people that are going to find you, and thank you for the people that are already following you that are going to grow in their faith. We did that long before we ever had the first prayer service, before you even had a clue you'd be sitting here, you were prayed for. That's what I'm talking about, praying in faith, and maybe you're watching today, or you're here today, and you're like, that's the type of prayer I need. I need a miraculous prayer in my life right now, and I don't know what it is you need an answer to prayer on that's something that's so far beyond your control. You need that breakthrough, but I do know we all need to understand how to pray for that, how to pray for things that are beyond our control. Maybe for you you need a breakthrough financially. It's a financial issue or you need a blessing in a friendship or or you know with your health, you need healing in your health or or something like that. But whatever it is, it's out of your control and you can't manage it. Now last week we talked about a guy by the name of Job. You remember talking about Job and how Job had lost everything in his life. He lost his family, he lost his friends, he lost his children, he lost his land, he lost his cattle and all his animals. He literally had lost everything. But when Job started praying in faith for his friends, God restored his blessings double. It wasn't when Job started praying for himself, but it was when Job started praying for his friends in faith that God restored everything to him twofold. Now, that doesn't mean you you walk out of here and you start praying for your friends and and you're going to win the lottery, right? You're going to get some financial windfall, but the takeaway is we have to pray in faith, truly believing that God can do anything, and truly believing that God can answer our prayer, knowing that God is faithful, knowing that God has always been faithful. So, what I want to do is, I want to look at really one of these miraculous prayers that was prayed in the scripture, in the Bible, and how God responded to that miraculous prayer request, if you will. And, and it's the story of Elijah in the Old Testament. And I'm very passionate about this passage of scripture. And anytime I get to talk about it, or anytime. I can use it. I'm going to use it because it was very instrumental in my life in a period of time when I was trying to figure out some direction from God. But just to kind of set this up to give you a little bit of history, Elijah was a prophet of God. That meant he would take the message of God to the people, all right? That's what a prophet did, kind of like a a pastor today, but much, 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 much more important Than than I think a minister is today. But Elijah is waiting on God's timing to go back and address the king of Judah, a guy by the name of Ahab. Ahab was a terrible, terrible person. He was sinful in every way. He had led the people of Israel astray. Uh, They were at a point in Judah that they were worshiping all these false gods. I mean, he had just led them down a terrible path. And God wants to address his sinfulness through Elijah and bring the people of Israel back to him. So that's kind of where this this story starts out. And so God waits like three years before he sends Elijah back to Ahab. He first warned Ahab, hey, God's going to withhold rain from this land for three years, you know, and and then I'll be back. Pretty much that's how the story goes. So what you also need to understand about Ahab is he was married to a lady by the name of Jezebel. And some of you have heard of Jezebel. This is why we don't name our kids today Ahab and Jezebel, all right? Because they were the worst of the worst. And she, she's just as bad as he is. But basically, it comes time for Elijah to go back and address Ahab and and try to bring the people back to him. And so basically what Elijah does is he shows up and he challenges Ahab to a duel, if you will. All these false prophets that he has now, you know, leading the people astray, prophets of Baal, prophets of Asherah. And so what he does is he challenges them. He says, you bring your prophets and we'll each build an altar of wood and we'll put a bull on it And we'll call on our God, and whichever God consumes this altar with fire, we know will be God Almighty. And so all these false prophets of Baal get together, and they build this altar, and Elijah builds his altar, and they put the bull on. And so they go first, and they start calling on Baal, who doesn't exist, so nothing happens, and they're screaming and hollering for for hours and nothing. And then they start cutting themselves and doing all these crazy things and still nothing. So all this time goes by, and their altar's just still sitting there because they're worshiping a false god. Well, then it becomes Elijah's turn, and he calls on God. And that's what I want to look at is what he prays to God. And then let's see, is there anything in this prayer that you and I can learn to pray these miraculous, faith-driven prayers. And it's in 1 Kings 18, and it starts out like this. At the usual time for offering the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. Prove that I have done all this at your command. O oh Lord, answer me. Answer me so these people will know that you, O oh Lord, are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. Immediately the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones, and the dust. It even licked up all the water in the trench. And what that means is, so kind of to prove his point, after, you know, their. False gods didn't do anything with their altar. He took all this water and for three times he poured it over the altar and just drenched it, you know. And you know, if you've ever tried to start a fire with wet wood, it's just not gonna start. So that's what he was doing. And then it says this, and when all the people saw it, they fell face down on the ground and cried out, the Lord, he is God, the Lord is God. Now that's what I call an answer to, to prayer, a miraculous answer to prayer. And where did Elijah start? Where did he start? It's learning number one. He started with God. And I know that sounds like a no-brainer, but learning number one, when we pray, the focus of our prayers should be on God. Well, what do you, what do you mean by that? Of course they should. Well, it'd be easy for us to just dive right in when we start praying and, and, and tell God what we need that we're in the midst of a crisis, and, and I've got to have this, as if God doesn't know that we're already, you know, in the middle of a crisis. So uh, we shouldn't start our prayer saying, God, you know, I, I need this, I need money, I need a spouse, I need a job, I need a pickup truck, you know, preferably silver or black or white. I need my sickness to go away. I need healing. No. Instead, I think a better approach is to focus first on God and to acknowledge who he is and that he's perfectly capable of answering our prayer, showing that faith element. God, I know who you are. I know what you've done. In other words, praising God for all the amazing things about him. God, you're all powerful. You're all knowing. You've been faithful throughout all time. You're faithful to me, you know, praising him for being the God of the universe. That no problem is too big for him, no problem is too small for him to handle. That's what Elijah did because Elijah started that prayer. He said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And to us, that may just sound like a title today, but back then, that encompassed everything of who God was. Those people knew that God The people who had been led astray, even those false prophets, they knew the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because they had seen all of that God's power. So when he started off that way, they knew the power of that God. And the truth is when we think about the power of God, God's power is endless. He can truly do anything. He can answer any prayer because he's got unlimited power, it never runs out. He has the power, all the power in the world. You and I have zero power without God, but he has all the power. Think about all the things the Lord's done for you in the past. Think about the way the Lord has shown you his power just in your very life whether it's providing for you, whether it's family, whether it's your your children. I don't see how anybody can hold a child and deny that there's a creator, deny there's a Lord. But think about all the things he's already displayed his power through in your life. Now, we we talked week one about making a prayer list, and then week two, making a thanks list. I thought about that. I'm not going to give you another list. You know, two lists is enough for any human being. But can you imagine if you started now and you wrote down everything the Lord's done for you when he does it? Anytime he's come through for you, anytime he's answered a prayer for you, if you just wrote that down, and you did this for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, you just kept a running list of everything God's done for you. Can you imagine getting 20 years removed from that list and going back and reviewing all of God's power just in your life? It would, it would be mind-blowing. It would, it would blow you away. So did God show any power to these false prophets and all these people who used to follow God that had been led astray and were being disobedient to God and following these false gods? Yeah. What did Elijah say? Immediately the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven. And what did it do? It burned up the young bull in the wood. Then it burned up the stones And the dust, it even licked up the water in the trench. The rocks were burned to ash. That's crazy. So when we're praying, we have to start with God. And just how awesome he is and how much power he has and that we have faith in him that he's going to answer us. Not necessarily answer us the way that we want it. You remember the three colors I told you, God, it's, it's black or silver or white. No, in the way he wants to, but we have to have faith in him. And that kind of goes back to what we talked about week one. We got to know God's word, right? We got to know the promises in the Bible. We have to understand the Bible. We don't have to be some biblical scholar, but we need to start learning those promises of God to us And we learn that by like what we're doing today, tuning in or coming here and and trying to learn God's word together or or having a daily devotional or getting in a group. But when we do that, we pick up the promises of God that we can later claim in our life. And that's exactly what Elijah did. He was simply claiming a previous promise from God that God said he was going to prove who he was. And that was part of his prayer. Prove that I've done all this at your command. In other words, you've already said this, you've already promised that. Now notice in this prayer too, he's Elijah's very specific. He gives a very specific request. Hey, God, here's the breakthrough that I need. Here's what I'm asking you to do. God, I can't, I can't burn up this offering. I can't prove Anything. I don't have that kind of power, but you do. You ever had anybody want to prove to you that God exists or that Jesus is the savior of the world? You can't do that. You can't prove to anyone, you know, who, who Jesus is or who God is. You can tell them, but if they got to have a whole definitive proof, all you can do is share your story, right? Of how your life was changed. But God can prove Himself to anyone in a way that that person will understand, and that's what we need to pray. When you got that person, oh, I need proof, I need evidence, you know, put that on God. That's exactly what Elijah did. It's okay when we need something and we want God to come through for us to, to clarify it. This is beyond my control. This is, this is beyond my ability to do this. This is what I need, and that's what Elijah did. He said, God, you got to do the proving. I can't prove that you are God Almighty. And so he prayed, oh, Lord, answer me. Answer me so these people will know that you, oh, Lord, are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. I think most of those big things in our life are just like this. We can't do anything about it. We can't control it whatsoever. And that's why we need to pray like he did. Pray in faith because we're powerless to do anything, just like Elijah was powerless to prove anything. Sometimes faith means doing nothing. So learning number two, sometimes we just need to pray, be still, and wait on God. We wait on God because we know he's faithful. We know through his word he's faithful. We know through our own lives he's faithful. And sometimes we just need to sit and wait and listen. And know that the Lord is so gracious he 's eventually going to answer our prayers that 's why we need to listen when we pray right so we can hear the answer to those those prayers we talked about that week one i 'll talk to people and say, "Man, I wish God would talk to me. I wish God would speak to me. God never does anything for me, but yet they're not trying to listen to God in other words they're not you know, trying to read God's Word or, or a devotional. They're not active in, in their church or or whatever. We can't expect God to talk to us if we're not willing to read and listen and hear from Him through His revelation of Himself to us, His Word. So, did God answer Elijah? Yeah. He sent the fire. And Elijah wasn't a bit worried because, remember, For three years, God's been preparing him. He's been ministering to him and feeding him and providing for him. He had complete confidence God was going to come through. That's faith. And I think God would say to us when we have a problem, the same thing. Hey, just have faith in me. I can do this. You don't need to worry. You don't need to be anxious. I can handle this. I will send the fire. That's what God would say to us. But I think one of the reasons we get so frustrated and and so tired and, and so exhausted in life is this it's learning number three. Often in life, we try to create our own fire. We try to consume those altars ourselves. Those altars being those issues that are too big for us to handle. They're beyond our control, they're beyond our power. In other words, we too often try to fight the battles that are God's battles to fight. We try to fight the sickness on our own, the marriage difficulties on our own, the financial stress, the family stress on our own. And really, that's a God-sized battle that belongs to God. And we lack faith. And we get to this point and we see these issues and we totally ignore God. We forget our faith in how powerful God is. We see a problem like, oh, I got to fix that. I got I to gotta do something about that. I got to get on, uh, you know, with solving that. And so what we do is we start to assume God's role instead of having confidence in his ability. God will consume those altars. He will come through. We just got to trust him. Don't be anxious about anything. It's not going to change anything. So let's just do a gut level question this morning. I want you just to be honest with yourself. In, in, in what area of your life have you been trying to fix something on your own that is beyond your control? Maybe it is your marriage or your health or, or your job. We got to get to the point that we say, enough's enough. I'm gonna be like Elijah, and I'm gonna turn this thing completely over to God. And and can you imagine God's reaction if if we'll do that? We turn it over completely to him. He's not up there rolling his eyes saying, man, this Scott guy, he does not know how to pray. He doesn't know what levers to pull to get me to answer him. No, he's like, finally, 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 you're going to stop trying to control this yourself because it's beyond your control. This is my battle. We either try to fix it or we try to run from it, don't we? Instead of turning it over to God. God doesn't want us to run from our problems because if if we run from our problems, what happens? They run with us, right? They follow us. They're good at keeping up with us. He wants us to involve him and turn it over to him. So what is it you're dealing with today? What is it that you need handled? What is it that you took to your television if you're at home or on your computer or you you brought in here today that you continue to bring around with you that you haven't dealt with and then ask yourself, what's holding me back? Why don't I have faith that God can do this? What's keeping you From getting that issue on the the table. And like we talked about at the beginning, thank God in advance for the answer that he's going to give you. Elijah already knew the answer that God was going to give. He was going to prove he was God through consuming that altar, and he knew right after that God was going to send rain because it had been a drought for three years to prove again to the people who he was. Elijah was 100% confident. In the promises of God. He had that much faith. So, how confident are we today in the promises of God? How confident are you in the promises of God? Like the promises of God that say, I'm going to take care of you, I'm going to meet your needs, I'm going to hear you, I'm going to provide for you, I'm going to love you. How confident are you in the promise of God when He says, I will bring good out of everything? even terrible things. So what is it in your life right now that you could just thank God in advance? We got to start in faith expecting God to show up in our life just like he did in Elijah's life. No question with Elijah that God was going to rule that day, that he was going to turn those people back to him. So learning number four, our final learning, and then I'll close. Faith is the key element in our prayers that we sometimes miss. We have to start focusing on God and realize he's got the power to do whatever needs to be done because his power is endless. And he will answer us. We just have to be willing to thank him on the front end. Last week was about thanking in gratitude. This week is about thanking in faith. God, thank you for what you're going to do in my life. Thank you for what you're going to do with this issue, with this problem that I need an answer for. Let's pray together. God, thank you for who you are. Lord, we forget sometimes that you have all the power, that you can do anything. Lord, help us to remember that. Thank you for what you're going to do in our lives this week. Thank you for what you're going to do in the lives of these folks. Lord, the miracles that you're going to perform. God, thank you for the miracles that you've already performed, the answers, the miraculous answers you've already given. Lord, we just tend to forget those things and forget how powerful you are because we move on to the next thing. God, forgive us when we don't come to you sooner, when we try to handle things on our own, by ourselves. And just as we're praying today, I want you to to give God the request you have, the thing you've been carrying around, that area of your life in, in which you need a miracle, that if God doesn't come through, you're in deep, deep trouble. Just in the silence of your heart, give that to him right now. Lord, help our prayers always to focus on you. God, that you're great, you're strong, and you can do anything. And Lord, the fact that you love us and you want to care for us, forgive us when we forget that. In faith, we thank you in advance for what you're gonna do. In Christ's name, amen. As we finish up, just a couple of things. Again, don't forget next Sunday, not here Bissett Park. Group sign-ups are going on right now for summer groups. It's the first Sunday you can sign up. Actually, one of our men's group is out in the lobby. If you've been thinking about getting involved in that group, you can stop by. They'll answer any questions that you have. And then another date I want you to put on your calendar is June 4th. That's Move Up Sunday for our kids. So if your kid's going into the elementary class, then they'll move up on that Sunday, and then if they're going from elementary to middle school, they move up on that Sunday. The cool thing about Move Up Sunday is not everybody moves up, but all the kids get to celebrate. And my dear friend, Aloha Eddie, who I love that shaved ice, he's going to be here that Sunday for all our kids and for the adults. You can partake. Uh, So just remember that June 4th is Move Up Sunday. I hope you have a terrific week, a, uh, a terrific Memorial Day weekend God bless you guys, and if you're here, we'll see you next Sunday at Bissett Park. God bless you guys.